This podcast comes to you from the Plant Biosecurity Research Initiative. For more information on PBRI, visit www.pbri.com.au. While farmers in the Americas have been dealing with fall armyworm for probably thousands of years, to us here in Australia, and for much of the rest of the world for that matter, the pest is very new. G'day, I'm Chris Brown. What we know about fall armyworm is that some crops are more susceptible than others to damage. As an example, we've heard how one species prefers crops like corn. Now, for smallholder farmers, for instance in Africa, where corn is a staple food, the potential to cause great hardship is very high. That's why the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations is spending 500 million US dollars over the next three years on a global action campaign. And joining me today from Rome is Elisabetta Tagliati, the Chief Technical Advisor for that FAO campaign. We'll talk about the campaign itself in a moment, but firstly, Elisabetta, can you introduce yourself to our Australian audience, particularly your experience with fall armyworm? Well, actually, I joined FAO and the work on FAO 22 years ago, and uh, I am a plant pathologist by education, and I started with the environmental protection long time ago in the field in Syria, and then I joined after a while the IPM team, mostly in Asia, and uh, helping farmers to use less pesticides and go with the natural enemies. And uh, the fall armyworm is all about this, because fall armyworm is a pest, is a lepidoptera. It appeared in Africa the first time, 2016. Uh, the farmers really had a panic in seeing what is the damage that the pest can do. The foliar damage is really impressive, and immediate reaction was to spray pesticides. Whatever you had, they had at hand. So this was one of the the key elements that you know really brought to helping farmers to learn how to sustainably manage this uh, Lepidoptera. Does the FAO consider it a major pest in that it is a threat to food security globally? Oh yeah, it's a threat to uh, food security because it's attacking maize principally, but not only. Has many hosts. This Lepidoptera is very intelligent. He likes so the corn, of course, it goes on corn, which is very sweet, but not only. So it will always find to eat. So it will always be able to reproduce and proliferate. And it is uh, attacking areas where mice is fundamental for human nutrition. And it's also very, very important for feeding animals. Mice is a really important crop. So it is a threat for food security. It is a threat for trade and will have a consequent economic consequence if it is not well managed. How significant has the damage been to rice crops in, in Asia? To rice at the moment is not really identified like a major threat. We are in collaboration with CIMIT and with other national research institutes, and soon we will have also data on rice. There's still not much evidence. What is sure that it goes on cotton and sugarcane, and sorghum also, and then we also try to identify any distortion on wheat, which is also very important. Have you found any damage on wheat? 
again, at the moment is not really clear which is the consequence because this Lepidoptera goes on cereals, okay? We, he has like from 80 to 360 hosts, but to really create an economic damage is a completely different issue. So what I want to say that for sure can go from wheat and the research is working towards it. So we don't say we don't exclude other crops, but the real damage at the moment is uh, registered on many. Now, there's something like 65 countries involved in this global campaign, I understand, mainly in Africa and Asia. The 65 countries comprehend the three regions, Africa, Near East and Asia. The 65 countries have been chosen based on several criteria. For sure, where the fall worm has high prevalence and where mice is very important. We also paired with a, a very important initiative called Hand in Hand Initiative, in which we put close to each other countries with more capacities to give, to assist, to support other countries that have lesser capacity. And then the countries where they have the high probability to have it soon in their country. For example, in the Near East, in the North Africa, we can say that it's been identified in Mauritania. It has been identified in Egypt. It is not officially identified in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia. So we need also to prevent the spread. So there are three objectives in this global action. One is really to put up a global coordination that doesn't leave anybody behind. And we will consider 65 and even beyond because this pest doesn't know borders, doesn't have a passport. It's a special pest that migrates on its own and flies. It's a strong flyer. For this reason, everybody has to be involved. And these 65 counties are the ones that we deem like immediate action. Now, the emphasis of the campaign is on training how to live with it, I suppose. The work is all around developed capacity in managing this pest because it will not be eradicated. And it will always find the host and something to eat on. And for this reason, the work is all around the capacity development in IPN technologies, science-based, evidence-based tested technologies. We will be able in uh, probably one year to have packages that with compatible ways to manage this pest, and that will be the moment to start the training at national level with farmers, and also it will have to be paired by preparation of an enabling policy to make this holistic approach will be working in harmony and keeping the level of prevalence of the pest very low. So below the economic damage. As you say, your experience is in IPM. Is IPM, when it comes to fall armyworm, more difficult because it spreads so rapidly it leaves its natural predators behind, I suppose? I wouldn't use the, the word difficult. Very important is to have an inventory of natural enemies. This pest arrives in countries where it was not before. So natural enemies will be there. But we have to understand which are the natural enemies, and we know also exotic natural enemies. So the APN is possible, but there are also some policies 
can we import exotic natural enemies in a country where this insect doesn't belong to? So there are all questions that they have to be really considered before applying IPM, which is IPM is not only about natural enemies. IPM is like an agroecological observation. It's like a combination of agroeconomic practices, natural enemies present, the less probability to spray, and when you spray just really in really key moments when it's very effective with low toxicity. IPM is a complicated, really holistic approach. So mm -hmm. I would not say that for this Lepidoptera is more complicated than for another. It's just that the Lepidoptera is new in some areas, so we have to develop knowledge. Are you finding or have you found that fall armyworm behaves differently in different areas? For instance, does it behave differently in Asia than it did in Africa? And does it behave differently in Africa than it did in the Americas? Well, the big differences in behavior is when they have seasonal with migration or establishment. It depends on the temperature. The temperature is the real important element for this Lepidoptera because with a certain temperature, it can reproduce several times, very proliferate, and then it can become more and more aggressive. And when the temperature is not favorable, the Lepidoptera has to migrate. So you have a pattern that goes from south to north and north to south, depending on the season. That is why we're also considering that there are areas in China where we have migrational patterns and also where it will happen in Europe, still not officially detected, but is expected to arrive in the south of Europe, Italy, Portugal, Malta, Greece, France, and see what will be the behavior there depending from the temperature. The temperature has to be high to have this Lepidoptera to proliferate, continue to reproduce. So this is the main concern around the, the Lepidoptera. And there is also a kind of correlation with rainfall, but still there are contradictory indications. Like rainfall doesn't facilitate the reproduction, other they say that it's not influenced, continue to reproduce, even because this caterpillar is very dangerous, harmful at the last stages of its life, six or seven, where they go inside the hole and eat inside, so you don't see it. And when you see it, it's too late even spraying, because when you spray, you should really reach the caterpillar. I'm interested to find out if you have any knowledge about how they travel into areas that may be hot during the day, but cool at night. This is not really a key element, because they will find the places where to protect themselves inside the wood and the leaves. But there are certain things that still have to be studied. We established somewhere in the north of Italy, where we have like really 25 degrees during the day, and then it goes below 8 at night. Will it be possible? So there are many estimations. There are many modeling. The world actually is really busy in modeling for this Lepidoptera. And this is also what we are doing modeling. We are linking the prevalence with the weather conditions, also with the soil conditions, to try to really to understand and predict. The most important thing for winning this battle is stay connected. I would say this is like one of the, the key messages of how to continue this global action. And the, the core, what it means, it means that you know we have to keep talking to each other. 
they develop some technology in Africa, which is push and pull technology, which is very good, like in attracting and refusing, rejecting this Lepidoptera. There are some private sector companies that they are working on making confusion with pheromones, for example. So the amount of different technologies that we can propose, it is something that has to be tested. And you have also to consider that Yes, it goes to the smallholder farmers, so it has to be accessible, not only available, accessible for them. They have to be sustainable at a certain price, has to be available for everybody. This is the core of the action. Elisabetta Tagliani from the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations talking to me from Rome. Elisabetta is the technical advisor for the FAO's Fall Armyworm Global Action Campaign. My key take-homes from talking to her were that there's still a lot to learn about fall armyworm, where it will be a problem and how it can be managed, and the global scale of its spread, particularly in Africa, in Asia, and even potentially in Europe, and of course Australia. Remembering that only four or so years ago, it was limited to the tropical regions of the Americas. Thanks for listening today. My name is Chris Brown. This podcast was brought to you by the Plant Biosecurity Research Initiative, an initiative of the following R&D organisations. Cotton Research and Development Corporation, Forest and Wood Products Australia, Grains Research and Development Corporation, Horticulture Innovation Australia, AgriFutures Australia, Sugar Research Australia, Wine Australia and Plant Health Australia. Oh.